This is Christopher A. Paniotu of Lucia Capital Group, and this is Capitalize, the show representing a select group of intelligent investors seeking to potentially maximize every money move. We don't settle for generic advice of always and nevers. Our currency is our intellect, and we constantly seek logical ways of likely creating advantages to maximize wealth for our personal and unique situations. This show brings you renowned financial industry minds, and we strive to explore strategies and ideas to potentially help you capitalize on your financial decisions. We are capitalizers and this is our show. Welcome back to Capitalize, a podcast for intelligent investors. As always, I'm your host, Christopher A. Paniotu, the Cap and Capitalize. And today our special guest is a fellow millennial mind, Colin Slaybach. Colin Slaybach is an assistant professor of retirement and assistant director of the New York Life Center for Retirement Income at the American College of Financial Services. In addition to working in this program, Slaybach conducts research in the area of financial satisfaction and well-being. He is passionate about educating consumers on financial literacy. Today, we are going to take a deep dive into some hot topics like Bitcoin and the fastest growing confirmation bias. We will be going over young individuals as both Colin and myself are part of the magnificent millennial crowd. Items like debt, cash buildup, 401k match, basic things that millennials should seriously consider unless they never want to retire. Speaking of retirement, we will chat about the FIRE group and what you should do to retire early. And more importantly, is this the right approach? Finally, we will take a look into what men can learn most from women when it comes to investing. Colin, welcome to Capitalize, my man. Hey, thanks, Chris. That's a, that's a heck of an introduction there. You are totally welcome for that. And I know we have a ton to pack in to these two episodes. So we're just going to dive right in and get into Bitcoin. So Colin, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me about Bitcoin, I would be living the dream. We could spend an entire episode on this topic. So briefly give our listeners your professional take on some red flags you see popping up in this area of investing. Well, Bitcoin is, it's rather intriguing. Um, I see a lot of people trying to use it as an inflation hedge. Uh, people are definitely concerned with the, the federal government printing money and that we're going to have to, to pay the interest on that. And they, they see it as kind of similar to gold, as a way of hedging against the risk of an inflationary event. Um, the market, though, on the other hand, if you, you look at the, uh, the, the TIPS, which is the Treasury Inflation uh, Protected Securities, they actually believe that inflation is not going to be excessive over the next 10 years. Now, they could be wrong, but I think it's rather reasonable. So another thing that Bitcoin is, I mean, you, you look at something and say, what is this solving? That's, that's probably the best way of looking at it. Well, part of it is there's only a set amount of Bitcoins out there. So then you've got that kind of inflationary type hedge. And then the other thing is transactions. It's, it's kind of decentralized transactions. And if you're you know, engaging in, in different activities and you, you want to have kind of engaged in like a trade bartering type system, it, it kind of solves that. But I'm rather concerned about it because it it's so volatile. I mean, it's, it's more volatile than the S&P 500. 
It's, it's more volatile than the emerging markets. And you know, people are looking at it as an investment. And I'm, I'm relatively concerned because it's not actually backed by anything. The U.S. dollar is backed by the full faith of the United States government. So you, you actually have um, something there. So now I'm, I'm amazed because you've got companies like AT&T, Verizon, Chevron, ConocoPhillips. These companies are trading at such low price earnings ratios. And it's like, these seem like investments from traditional type investing standpoint. If you're kind of a speculative type person, it's, it's intriguing to me. GameStop could do a complete paradigm shift and somehow add value to the gaming industry in spite of games being all purchased online now and people not being able to, to really get out. I mean, they could, they could completely pivot, but you know, that's risky. And so commanding this higher evaluation and paying a premium for that is, is just intriguing to me. And then kind of the other side of it is that that short squeeze as well. So, you know, the, the short squeeze was kind of an initial interesting fact, but I think in the long run, GameStop has to kind of retreat to a more sustainable value with Bitcoin. You don't really know. I mean, it's, it's so speculative. There's a lot of people that if they're shifting away and they're investing in this, it could really, really hurt them. And it could really reduce the amount of money that they're able to spend. Whereas if they just decided to go blow it on a vacation in Hawaii, they would have probably had a lot more life satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I will say for GameStop, because you, you mentioned as far as the paradigm shift, because everyone's talking about this short squeeze. I have a soft spot for GameStop. I mean, I am admittedly a nerd. And so back in the day, I stood in line for basically any major video game you could imagine, whether it was Super Mario, I mean, even, even uh, was it Warcraft, Call of Duty, Madden, you name it. And those days are, at least in, in my humble opinion, completely gone. So, but to your point, GameStop could turn it around. Um, Bitcoin, again, the, the cool thing is, it's not really trackable, but that's also kind of a curse because if you traded something to me, and I say, hey, you need to give me my, my money back. And you go, what money? And I go, well, the money I gave you through Bitcoin. He said, well, I never did that. It's, it's, it's not really possible to, to prove. So there's a lot of risk there. But at the same time, uh, this last year, what's really dangerous is people have been able to get away with some of that, which brings me to my, my second question on uh, confirmation bias. Um, so specifically for investing, I've noticed especially this past year, uh, confirmation bias has been rampant throughout clients' and listeners' minds. So first off, Colin, could you explain in simple terms what confirmation bias is to our listeners and then explain why it is an increasingly complex and possibly dangerous issue? Yeah, so actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a two for one deal here: confirmation bias and recency bias. Um, so confirmation bias is seeking out information that is essentially confirming what you originally thought. So something contradicts with what you're what you're thinking, and you see that information, you tend to ignore it, and you tend to seek out information that's confirming what you already believed. So now, whether you're right or wrong. Is, is kind of irrelevant because all you're doing is looking for the information that 
confirms your belief. I mean, kind of is interesting with the GameStop phenomenon is because they took a bunch of short positions in GameStop. So this stock is overvalued and they published all the information. And then other people are like, oh, wow, I agree with that. And so then they take a short position and then it's like, okay. And then, you know, the stock actually did start to go down. But then the other part was, you know, people are on the other side of the trade and they said, well, you have to buy the stock back. If you borrow stock from someone that you don't own, you have to purchase it back at some point. Mm-hmm. And so other people are like, well, if I drive this up, then you're going to have to purchase it for me at a higher price. Getting back to more of the confirmation bias is you're essentially just seeking out information that confirms what you've what you found in, you know, in a supply and demand market, if you're a Reddit influencer or a discord influencer and you take this position out and other people respect you, they may do the same thing. And so if you're purchasing a stock and then a ton of other people are purchasing the stock, that's going to increase the demand and then the price is going to go up. And then you look like a genius, even if you were wrong, because now it's just gone up in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. You, know, you could be right or wrong, but then you're going to see an increase in price just from other people buying. Analysts do this. You take an opinion on that, and then you're putting your money behind your opinion. Right. So I don't really blame people from that standpoint. But to seek out this information that's just confirming your beliefs is extremely dangerous. I mean, personally, if I'm investing, I'm, I'm seeking out information. What could go wrong here? What is the things that could go wrong? Now, that's a much better approach. Who's the guy that absolutely hates your position? Um, but I mean, it's difficult to do. I mean, it'd be like kind of taking a different stance on and then seeking out the person that has the polar opposite view of you. And then just say, listening to them and actually saying, okay, you know, what, what are their actual valid points? And that's extremely difficult because we do have this confirmation bias. And then kind of, I guess, shifting over recency bias is this, this rise of kind of social media and then the news and this financial news. The stock market isn't as interesting as people think. I, I don't think it's that interesting. People are very, very interested in it. And what they see is the headlines. And if you're trading on headlines, that's extremely dangerous. Because what you're doing is you're, you're just seeing, okay, this is what's happening now. And then you're saying that's the most recent event. Whereas other people like Warren Buffett, they haven't really been in the news or when they were, they weren't you know, in that positive of a light. So it was interesting to see individuals like them uh, take out these kind of big value type positions. And it's like, well, that's based on their own research because no one was really influencing them. They weren't looking at recency bias. They were, they were looking probably over a long stand period and they're saying, well, what was the value of this company over the next 20 years? Whereas someone who's investing in Bitcoin is like, well, I don't really care what the value of Bitcoin is in 20 years. I care what it's going to be in the next five days. So that's just kind of the difference. Um, and you got to be aware, no, never mistake a, a bull market for being smart. Right. So, and, and you, one of the things you touched on that is critical and for you uh, listeners at home, write this down, invest with your eyes, not other people's mouths. That is huge. Um, Cause if you're, if you're investing off of hearsay, who knows where that hearsay is coming from? Um, but we'll get into a lot more of that, uh, both in this episode and later episodes uh, down the road. So uh, taking a deeper dive into millennials, let's, let's look at their financial fitness. So 
Um, in, in the coming episodes, listeners, you're actually going to be taken through my Capitalize Your Finances framework. But for now, Colin, let's take a moment to talk about debt, cash, and retirement. So what should millennials seriously consider when tackling these topics? Should they focus on their 401k? Should they hone in on their debt? Is there such thing as the cat lady of cash, which I'll explain in later episodes? So the list goes on and on. So what should they, so what should they focus on? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. <clears throat> um, I would say I wouldn't focus just on one thing. Mm-hmm. A big thing that I would highly recommend is debt is cheap right now. If you have the ability to borrow money, you have the intelligence to say, become a pharmacist or a doctor or some field that's going to pay you a higher income. I think being accepting reasonable amounts of debt and going to school and investing in your future earnings is is going to be incredibly important. I think investing in, in a job that you're going to enjoy and is going to pay you a higher income. Now, the reason I say that is because the stock market, I do believe, is overvalued. And if you're capable of getting through these types of programs, the debt is now cheaper. So you should be able to pay it back and, and be paying less. So you're, you're receiving the exact same income as someone who, say, went to pharmacy school 10 years ago, but they were paying a lot higher interest rate. And now you're, you're being able to achieve the same thing at a lower interest rate and you're, you're having the general same income. So in kind of investing in yourself. Then the other standpoint is if that's a, it's a high quality job that you enjoy, assume you're going to be doing it longer just because I don't see stock returns say over the next 10 or 20 years being what they were the previous um, 10 or 20 years. So being able to invest in yourself, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't save at all. Uh, but that's definitely where I would start is is heavily invest in a job that you enjoy. I mean, it kind of sounds um, you know, like everyone says, oh, you do something you enjoy and it'll never work a day in your life. Well, if you can leverage up and, and be able to do that, it I, I would highly recommend it versus someone that's like, well, I'm too risk averse. I'm not going to take on this debt to achieve that job. Um, I think that would be a mistake. The, the other standpoint is your company match when saving for retirement. If you're a trader and doing all of these things um, and you're not getting your company match, you're making a huge mistake. Um, you, you want upside potential without any downside potential. It's get your company match. If you put in 3% and they put in 3%, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting 100% return. If Bitcoin can get you 100% return with no downside, you, you come find me because I, I want you to be my financial advisor um, <laughs> if, if that's the case. So getting that company match and using deferral accounts. A lot of people don't actually use deferral accounts. Robinhood, I don't even believe, offers like a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA option. So I wouldn't recommend even using those types of accounts if you do have the inclination to actually trade. Um, So doing things just appropriately from that standpoint and realizing that a lot of people say that it's like, well, you have time, you're young, Yes, take big risks, but be smart about it. Like you, you do have time, but it's better to invest appropriately and invest in yourself appropriately now. And then, you know, wake up when you're 30, then play some type of 
you only live once type bet and then wake up when you're 30 and then you're broke and you don't have a whole lot going for you. So it's, it's, it's interesting from that standpoint, I, I would say be risk seeking, but be very smart about it. And now's a good time to do that. Right. Right. Well, and there's a lot of interesting points that, and, and there are actually some questions I was going to ask later and you, you, you dove right in because um, when we first met, we were actually talking about uh, the whole topic of student debt and why it might not be as bad is, is maybe not the best word, but painful as it, as it used to be. And don't get me wrong. There, there's still pain when you're paying a debt back, but honing in on the debt, I, I understand why it's looked down upon from a behavioral finance point of view. I mean, no one wants to wake up and say, you know what? I cannot wait to take out half a million dollars and have to owe that over the course of my whatever career. Um, so we spoke about the why when we first met. And if you were going to take out a student loan or if you had to, now, now is the time. So uh, just going a step further, why should young people take on this debt to further their professional career? Just speak a little bit more on that. Cause I think there's a lot more there um, than people realize. Well, it's, it, there's a lot of barrier to entry jobs. Like I, I am not a medical doctor. I did not go to med school. I did not get um, licensed. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a pharmacist to engage in these professions to, to engage in law and all these other professions. There's a barrier to entry. And if you enjoy that profession and you say, well, I don't want to take on the debt. So instead I'm going to work and I'm going to work this way lower paying job than I would be once I achieve that profession, then, I mean, it's definitely going to build character for you. And I totally respect that. But if you look at your earnings potential of, okay, it's going to take me five years before I can start law school or pharmacy school, Versus if I take on the debt now and then I'll be out by then, it's, it's kind of staggering. I mean, if you look at it, if you discount all of your lifetime future spending, it would be higher if you took, took on that debt, especially now because debt is cheaper. Like yeah. there are definitely different ways. Like all schools aren't, aren't created equal. If you want to go to law school, there are law schools that are a lot more expensive than, than other ones. But having just this fundamental plan and saying, okay, which one is the best for me? Which one will give me the best opportunities once I am out of school? And this is something that I can see myself doing for the next 30 or 40 or 50 years. Right. Whereas this other job that I'm working, it's going to be tough. It's, it's a lot more physically demanding and I'm making a lot less in compensation. So just investing appropriately, investing smart in yourself, I think it's just, it's, it's really become a better opportunity. Now it's kind of on the other caveat is if, if your investment, your interest rates on your investments are gonna be less and you're, you're gonna have to work longer, you might as well do what you're gonna enjoy. One of the things I really enjoy is talking to smart people, having an entertaining and educational conversation with guests like Colin Slaybach, Assistant Professor of Retirement and Assistant Director of the New York Life Center for Retirement Income at the American College of Financial Services. You want intellect? We got it. What we don't have right now is time. So we'll continue our discussion with Colin on our next episode. I'd like to get into what he thinks people should do in order to retire early. And is that even the correct approach to take? We'll talk about that next time, and we'll also get into women in finance as well. 
I wanted to thank everyone for listening into this podcast, and I hope it's been as informational for you as it has been so far for me. There's much more to come. And of course, if you've got any questions about my interview today or any general questions regarding financial planning, maybe you need some help with your specific financial situation, you can give me a call at Lucia Capital Group, 253-214-7844. That's 253-214-7844. Or you can email me at chrisp at luciacap.com. That's L-U-C-I-A-C-A-P. Until next time, I'm Christopher A. Paniotu, the Cap and Capitalize, and this is Capitalize, a podcast for the intelligent investor. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice, and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by LCG, will either be suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from LCG or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. Investment products described herein may not be offered for sale in any state or jurisdiction in which such an offer, solicitation, or sale would be unlawful or prohibited by the specific offering documentation. Treasury Inflation Protected Security, TIPS, is a treasury bond that is indexed to inflation to protect investors from the negative effects of rising prices. The principal value of TIPS rises as inflation rises. Inflation is the pace at which prices increase throughout the U.S. economy as measured by the Consumer Price Index, or CPI. S&P 500 Index is an unmanaged index and includes a representative sample of large-cap U.S. companies in leading industries. An investment may not be made directly in an index. Roth IRA distributions of principal from a Roth IRA are tax-free. However, any earnings will be taxed at ordinary income rates, and a 10% penalty tax will apply if withdrawn prior to age 59 and a half or within five years of the date the Roth IRA was established, whichever is longer. IRA withdrawals will be taxed at ordinary income rates. Withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half may also be subject to a 10% penalty tax. Christopher Paniotu is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial. Colin Slaybach is not affiliated with Lucia Capital Group nor LPL Financial.